on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. No, trying to say things to try to uplift me. And I'm just like, I don't need you to try to uplift me right now. I'm grieving. So if I cry, let me cry. If I want to be alone right now, let me be alone. And don't tell me, well, why would you want to be alone? I don't have to explain why I want to be alone. Allow me to have the moment because if that's helpful to me, then it's helpful to me, even if that's not what you would want. Right. You didn't want a lot of people around you. I didn't. Right. So I think people got to discover. And that's why I say that people explore and get curious and discover what what works for you. Maybe being in groups is helpful because there's other people sharing and you can sit and listen and maybe you're not ready to speak. Maybe it's grief counseling. And maybe you may feel as time goes on, you might be ready for a grief coach because you're feeling like, okay, I'm plateaued now. Like now what can I do to continue to move my life forward? Because you can plateau and be like, okay, now what? This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula a transformation life coach, and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means And being with self-esteem, beauty supreme And Buddha walk so mean, the way you fit in them jeans You eat your cornbread and greens Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun-kissed goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of a Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Yeah. So let's keep it real, real. Yeah. In your experience, do we as sisters, do we show up a little differently than our counterparts? Because we just have that strong black woman trope and we yes, just- absolutely. Really. And hence, and people then think that because you don't look like what you're going through, that mm-hmm. you're okay. And so they'll start to engage you 
like normal because they feel like, oh, wow, you're, you bounce back. You're strong. You, you got this. Da, da, da. And so you may not get as much compassion. You may not get as much support because people think that you're all right because you look all right. And that's why I posted on my IG to say, and it was a picture of me smiling because I'm like, grief can look like this, where mm. I could be smiling and I could be laughing, but doesn't mean that I'm not hurting on the inside. People assume that grief only looks like what we see in social media and what we see in television. What happens when it doesn't look that way? When your grief does not match the images that you've seen, where someone is still able to laugh and smile, but they're still feeling empty inside. Mm. But you don't know because you're just looking at my face and you're looking at the fact that I'm functioning. So they're like, oh, she's okay. How do you know? If you're just judging based on the fact that I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve, mm -hmm. how do you know? That's why conversations like these are so important. I was just getting ready to say that. That's why communication is key. Yeah. That's why. That is exactly why. What about when you experience grief and loss from someone who is a monster? Yeah. It gets complicated with that. Because... Ooh. You have your feelings about the loss because you may have shared your life with this person, but you also have the complication and tension around this person mistreated me. And so there is the grief around how much you've endured, the trauma around how much you've endured in a, a very abusive type of situation. And whatever that abuse might be, maybe it's physical, emotional, maybe it's mm -hmm. that person that was abusing substance and the impact that it had on the relationship. And so it's navigating through the trauma of that plus the loss because your whole life still has changed as a result of this person no longer being here. And even if they were a monster, you're still human. It still impacts you. And so you have the tension of people feel I should be hating this person, but there's a part of me that feels sad. And it's like trying to understand, well, should I feel happy about this? Or should I feel sad about this? And I'm mixed in with all these emotions trying to make sense of all the things that I'm feeling. And it's really to normalize that it's okay to feel both. That if you have the anger and part of you relief and a part of you is sadness because you reflect on all that you've navigated through. Wow. That seems like a... It's like a blender and you're putting all these conflicting emotions in it. Yeah. That is a lot going on. A lot going on. And not enough people talk about that part. Exactly. That part. So let me share this with you. This just recently uh, came up on my timeline. It's in the social media group. And this person posted, it was an obituary. Okay. And the obituary was from a daughter. Uh, her her mother had passed away, and the daughter. She wrote the facts of okay. what that timeline was like. Right. She mentioned, and it was the way I read it. It wasn't that she was outing people. She wasn't doing it to get back. She was stating the facts that sometimes. Right. Just because someone passes away does not make them an automatic, they've been angelic on this earth while they were here. True. This woman stated the facts of right. just how the mom let S.A. go 
as she, when she was a child that the little girl was essayed. Wow. Um, the lying and blaming other people who there was a, oh my God, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was amazing to read because this woman stood in her truth when she wrote this obituary. Mm -hmm. And then she said at the last paragraph, there will not be a service. Right. We pray that the other family members can heal in their own way. But right. because I'm the immediate family, right. there yeah. will be no service. Yeah. Yeah. So then I go on a TikTok rabbit hole. And that is a lot more common than I thought it was. And there was a some, I think it could have been in Canada. I have to look it up. Okay. Believe it or not, either Canada or Detroit. I don't know why those two are pointing in my head. Close enough. Yes. <laughs> right. And a woman wrote out an obituary. It was similar to that. And the newspaper decided to remove it because they felt it, she was being too harsh. Hmm. So to me, she they were invalidating how she was feeling. And the way I read it, she was stating the facts. This is, this is the life that it was her dad in this story. This is right. his life. This is his right. legacy that he mm -hmm. has left behind. And right. she too also said that there will be no, um, there will be no service. Right. Uh, she wasn't going to apologize for his behavior when he was in his last days at the hospital, but right. she said she does have empathy for the hospital staff because they had to endure just a small portion compared to what she had. So she knows what they've gone through. Right. Yeah. Man, it was heavy, but if empowering at the same time, because she was speaking how she felt. I just feel like families, we keep so much secrecy. Yes, there is so much. And I, I said this not too long ago, that a lot of us suffer in silence. And we have this performance, we have this mask, and we don't really say the things that we're truly feeling. And so people don't really know what you're going through because you're not really open about it. And then the other side to that is, we don't always know who we can let our guard down and be safe to share those true, real, raw feelings without judgment. And so mm. a lot of times we navigate through things alone. We suffer alone, right? Yeah. And, that's, and, that, and that is not helpful either. You know, I always say we need to have safer places where we can be unfiltered and be raw and not be judged. And exactly. allow people to express what they need to express as long as it's not harmful to yourself or others, because we're not trying to be abusive to other people in, in the space, but allow people to just release what they need to release. Absolutely. Uh, Candy said, vulnerable share. I had to cut off family members for own mental and emotional well-being. Yeah. You got to so and she does that. That much yeah. I do. Excuse me. I'm sorry. What? No, I said sometimes you have to create those boundaries. I mean, I, I for me, I don't know if I've intentionally cut people off, but I will spend less time. Particularly if, you know, uh, I heard this from my coach years ago, and I, I still think it's true, that if your family is toxic or it's, they're difficult to be around, spend less time, go less often. And so if you can only take them in little spouts, and short spurts and be like, okay, gotta go. You just know yourself and how much you're able to, to take when it comes to family. But mm -hmm. if there's someone that's very abusive, then yeah, I would, I just wouldn't, stay, I wouldn't be around them. You got to create those boundaries for yourself. 
Sure. Absolutely. So let's you're talking about boundaries and creating safe spaces. Can you talk about the program the that you have for widows? So I have not launched that program yet. I will be hopefully um, wrapping up a few fine details and my goal is to launch it in the new year. But that really is a program for widows who are maybe they are a little farther along in their journey, not acute grief, but they're maybe two, three years in and wanting to learn, okay, where do I go from now, from here? Because oftentimes a common theme that we hear is that I'm lost. I don't, I'm still trying to navigate how to, carry my grief and live life. What does that look like? How do I do it? And how do I do it in a way that I don't feel guilt about that? I don't feel guilt for wanting to enjoy life again as if it dishonors my husband in some way. So I really want to help support widows to work through some of that so that they can still live a life that's fulfilling and meaningful to them. So, hmm. So have you heard that some widows, they do feel like they have to, I guess, honoring their partner. Honoring their partner is to stay in that grieving space as opposed to moving on. There is a lot of guilt, a lot of regret, a lot of shame. And sometimes we benefit after the husband has died. So for instance, I know I got an insurance, I got my husband's work insurance, I get his pension. And so that would never have come to me had he not died. And so you have some of that survivor guilt. You have some oh. of that, well, should I be laughing? Like I'm enjoying this new chapter of my life, but he's not here to enjoy the dreams that we talked about. And so there is that conflict and that tension that mm-hmm. exists there around feeling like I shouldn't be able to enjoy this happiness because he's not here. And I wouldn't have certain things had he not died. And so how do we work through some of those types of things? Because guilt is real and grief. It's, pr- it's quite common. Mm. Did you ever experience survivor's guilt? Absolutely, I did. I did in the beginning. And you know what? I wore my, and I didn't realize that at the time until this year. This year was my fifth year since the death of my husband. And I had been wearing my wedding ring um, throughout the five years. And I feel somewhere in my subconscious, I thought that if I took it off, somehow I was saying that I forgot that I was moving on, that that somehow I was being disloyal. And I didn't even realize that's what I was carrying until I took it off. And then when I tried to put it back on, I couldn't. Cause I was like, no, it's it's time to, it's time to let it go. When I say let it go, let go of holding on to that ring because that ring does not symbolize the bond that continues on even though he's dead. That bond will never be broken and a ring is not gonna be the thing that keeps us linked. We already have a bond because of the love. Wow. Wow. Things changed for me. I was like, whoa, okay, all right. Did it? Take it off and haven't had a desire to put it back on since. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. But it's a journey, right? Like it took me five years and I wasn't even aware. That's why I say there's a lot of things we are feeling and going through that we don't have language for or we're not aware of. 
And so the more we get in spaces where we can have conversations or we can process, or if you're seeing a counselor or a coach and they're asking certain questions that cause you, help you to dig deeper, then it unlocks some truth for you and, and realizations for you. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing for me. I didn't know I was carrying guilt about that. But now something has been awakened for me to get more self-awareness. Mm, yes, exactly. Just like I learned from you, I never heard of situational depression or situational mm -hmm. grief. One of the two you said, I never... Well, certain things that will happen that will you'll have like an episode and it's more specific to that scenario. It doesn't mean that there's a chemical imbalance or that you're clinically depressed. You can be just in a situation right now that is causing you to have um, more sadness during that season, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily uh, clinically depressed where you need to have medication and there's a formal diagnosis. It could be a season that you are in. Wow. You just saved me from a from a a, a TikTok deep dive. I will go, <laughs> boy. I will stay on it, and I will look at other people. Who, I have to hear one phrase, and it's a wrap. I can hear a lot. So let's talk about your book. Absolutely. So uh, my book is called Faith in the Fire, and I really created wrote that book out of all that I was experiencing um, with the the death of my husband, but. It's a book that's not just about the death of my husband. I talk about the death of my father. I talk about, you know, going through endometriosis and, and having to grieve the loss of not being able to have children. And mm -hmm. it just talks about the adversity that I've had to navigate through and that what my cornerstone has been when everything in my world was chaotic, didn't make any sense. What was constant was God. And I didn't know how I was going to get through it, didn't know when I was going to get through it. But one thing I knew is that God was constantly being there for me when things, when my back was up against the wall. And it seemed like, I mean, no one else could work this out. It's like this stuff is supernatural because no one else could have figured this out. No one else could have opened this door. But it was God. And the fact that I didn't lose my mind where there were so many things that were happening that could have made that happen. Mm -hmm. He was my cornerstone. He was my anchor. And so I talk about just all the things that I experienced and how God brought me through it. And um, I think that for anyone who may be going through adversity, whether that is a loss, a life transition, financial challenges, because I talk about that, there's value. And at the end of every chapter, there is just some key points of things and principles and things that you can really carry on forward and practical things that you can use as you're navigating through different challenges and just to help you on your life as you're going through adversity. Because mm. for me, the belief is that we, faith is not in the absence of adversity. Being able to have faith while you're still going through. And it doesn't mean that when we're navigating through life, there's not gonna be challenges. There will be challenges but the ability to have faith even when there's chaos, even when there's storms, even when all hell's breaking loose. Right. How do I still walk that out? Because there's always going to be that tension between good things happening and bad things happening. Oh, yeah, that's so true. The tension, that is so true. Woo. What, um, what would you suggest for anyone who wants to start their healing journey from... I guess would you call it acute loss or 
or maybe yeah. what's the opposite of acute? What is it? Um, long term? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't even. I stay away from the whole because I know that there's some things that are being said about uh, prolonged grief and mm-hmm. and people trying to. Uh, I shouldn't say people. Like I know that there is a diagnosis and, and it could be prolonged grief, but. I just feel like grief is a natural response and I stay away from trying to label people right. and trying to give time frames to say, oh, well, if it's more than 12 months, then you must be, you know, and giving a label. No, um, I think every person, because it's so sensitive and so personal, has to decide for themselves what they That's need true. in that moment. They may not be ready for counseling. They may not be ready to talk about it. And so it may take time. It takes a lot of courage to reach out and say, you know, I need some help or I want to talk about this. I know for me, I didn't feel like talking about it. I didn't want to, because for one, I didn't want to have to deal with people trying to make me feel better. So Mm. it was like, I had to find what worked for me. And I yeah. But when you say you didn't want to have to deal with anyone trying to make you feel better, you mean in in that selfish way or just general? No, trying to say things to try to uplift me. And I'm just like, I don't need you to try to uplift me right now. I'm grieving. So if I cry, let me cry. If I want to be alone right now, let me be alone. And don't tell me, well, why would you want to be alone? I don't have to explain why I want to be alone. Allow me to have the moment because if that's helpful to me, then it's helpful to me, even if that's not what you would want. Right. You don't want a lot of people around you. I didn't. Right. So I think people got to discover. And that's why I say that people explore and get curious and discover what what works for you. Maybe being groups is helpful because there's other people sharing and you can sit and listen and maybe you're not ready to speak. Maybe it's grief counseling and maybe you may feel as time goes on, you might be ready for a grief coach because you're feeling like, okay, I'm plateaued now. Like now what can I do to continue to move my life forward? Because you can plateau and be like, okay, now what? The funeral is over. Yeah. I'm back to work. Now what I want to do with my life? Now who am I? Right? So it's personal. I feel it's personal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I, I like what you said about the plateau part. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Candy's continuing to drop some gems. She said, you also have to greet the version of yourself that you thought you would ooh, would be with him. The mm-hmm. ring symbolized that version of you and taking it all freed you to become the new version of you. 100%. I felt like yeah. something lifted. Really? I, I did. I felt like, so, like I, I didn't even know I was carrying a weight. But when I took that off, I felt like I had the freedom to step into this newness, to, to fully embrace the woman that I am becoming. Mm. And it didn't mean that I had forgotten. It didn't mean that I no longer grieved. It meant that now I was allowing myself to evolve and grow and embrace who I am becoming and where I desire to be. And uh, that freed me in such a powerful way. Because I felt a weight. I did. I didn't even know I was carrying it. How does it make you feel when you see some of your clients release that weight, whatever their weight looked like? It's, it's awesome to see people get the aha moments and they start to see um, and get some deeper insight around themselves and the journey. And they start 
I see them from when they begin with me, and then I see it as they journey through and how they're able to transfer some of the things that they're learning. And that's what you want to see. You want to see people be able to use some of the tools and be able to integrate it into their life. And then they get to a point where they no longer really need you. They may come back for some touch up talks or what have you, but now they're learning how to carry on with life, mm. move forward with life while grieving. I can grieve and still live. I can yeah. still navigate into the things that I love while still navigating through this grief because grief's not gonna end. It's not gonna end. We're just learning how to grow our life around it. And we're learning how to carry it in such a way that it does not dominate our lives and stop us from living and enjoying it. That's a bar right there. Yeah. You can grieve and live. Yes. I want everybody to, I dropped Petra's, um, all her links, her link tree, her Instagram, her book where you can purchase Everything is in the comment thread and it's also in the show description notes. I strongly urge you all to go to her Instagram because it, it's a lot on there. Um, I read the comments that people put as well mm -hmm. and I get those aha moments as well. Cause I'm thinking, yeah. oh, they feel the same way. You know, it's just something about community when you yeah. know that you don't, you're not the only person and you have people in your tribe who you probably will never meet but so true yeah. you know what it feels like you feel seen you feel seen oh, is that what it is yes, because it's like oh it's like you oh. are speaking exactly as some people said it to me your words it's like you're speaking directly to me it's like you are speaking right at me because they can right. relate and hold to those words and say that's me and then they know they're not alone and the way, Patrick, let me tell you, the way you stare in that camera, look <laughs> through my soul. Oh my God, I promise. It is, it's intense, but not so intense that I don't want to look away. It's like, I want to right. hear more. I'm crying. Right. I feel seen, as you said. I feel validated. And, oh. Yes, yes. Ooh, the way you look through that camera. Like, is she going to blink? She's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's what I've learned. I, I speak as if I'm talking to one person. And so when I'm looking at that yeah. camera, it's like they're right with me and I'm speaking to them. And so I connect with that when I'm when I'm doing those reels. It's like, yes, I'm talking to you. When I'm writing, I'm talking to you. Yes. I'm speaking to you like you are right here in front of me, as if you're right here in front of me. Ooh. Well, it's working. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. You. I'm glad. I'm and that's you. not in vain. Good. Yeah. Um, I would love to have you back. We could talk offline, but this was a lot in a good way. Um, yeah. I feel better. I'm probably going to get off and cry later on tonight, but just all as right. a release. That's all right. Yeah, because I just have new insight and I'm really going to go back and take a look at this video because I know I may have missed some things, but this really spoke to my soul. And I thank you so much for coming on. Um, much needed. Can we end on a lighter note? Sure. 
Okay, I'm gonna put a slide on the screen. Okay. So this is also gonna be an audio podcast. Okay. I want you to read what is on the screen and then follow the directions. Okay. One must go. Sushi, nachos, McDonald's fries, <laughs> or bacon. <laughs> or, am I asking myself this question? Yes, ma'am. This is for you. One must oh, go. One must go. Well, yeah. I mean, I like them all, to be honest. But you know what? I'm going to say McDonald's fries because I know they can't decompose. They don't decompose. So I'm thinking no food that can't decompose must not be real food. So that must go. It can't decompose. I didn't know well, that. Let me tell you something. I remember finding a, a fry that was hidden somewhere in my car. And it was like there for like God knows how long. And it did not discolor. There was no mold on it. And I'm like, how is that possible? The what? food, if it's real food, it should decompose. It should get mold. It should look different. And it didn't. So it had me thinking, what is in this fry? Because fries should look different. Food should spoil if it's real food. What in I'm the preservative saying. is going on here? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. One must, one go. must go. All right. Donuts, ice cream, popcorn. Potato chips. Oh man, this is hard too. And then people in the chat, you can put your your choice in here as well. I mean, I don't want any of them to go. To be honest, I'm going to say the potato chips because I'll have a crave for a donut in a minute. So, and I love <laughs> ice cream and popcorn. I'll have that as a, a regular snack. So I'm going to say the Lay's potato chips. Okay, okay, we have similar taste in food. All right, here you go. Well, this is kind of similar. Well, no. One must go. So we got potatoes. Is that potato chips or nachos? Those that looks are... like there's cookies, there's cereal, and there's like a whole lot of candy. Uh-huh. You know what? I'm not a heavy candy eater. Sometimes I'll get a little crazy with the Skittles. So I'm going to say the candy. Candy must go. Really? Okay. 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 Yeah. And here is the last one. Okay. This is the drum, drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> Woo! One has to go and all his work. Oh my gosh! How? How? <laughs> how do you decide here? Go ahead and read what's on the screen. <laughs> One has to go and all his work. Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman. What is that? Samuel L. Jackson. I uh-huh. Eddie Murphy, Will Smith, and Lawrence Fishburne. What? Woman? Really? <laughs> really? Well, I mean, oh man. And you so have hard. 30 seconds. That's how we right. know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sam. I'm gonna say Samuel. No offense, Sam. I love you. I mean, a time to kill was like, I mean, brilliant work, but I would say the other ones are my favorite, more more of my favorites. So I'll say Sam. Man, that was hard. That was a hard one. That was a hard one. You know I wasn't going to say Denzel. I was like, uh-uh. Denzel is just final out one. He does not get old. I don't care what he does. He will always be brilliant. Ooh. I love it. Any parting words, my dear? What I will say, you know, we all are touched by grief and loss. 
all of us. And so it's important for us to give ourselves grace, to extend our compassion and kindness to ourselves as we're navigating through the losses and um, to not feel that we have to be on someone else's timetable of how we work through our grief. Mm. And it's important to find the right communities that can be a safe space to share, to have others witness and see your grief and to process it so that you can heal and so that you can grow and continue to take those steps forward one step at a time. That's beautiful. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And um, keep doing the work you do. We need you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Especially you so much. We do. We need you. And it's an extra added bonus that you look like us. Yeah. And that sisters. Oh, let me tell you something about that. I am finding in the grief space that there is not a lot of representation of people of color, um, either in therapy or just on grief platforms. I've seen conferences and workshops and I might just see one person of color. So there's a need for representation in this space when it comes to grief work. I just want to put that out there because I'm not, I'm just blown away by the lack of representation. Absolutely. And what I love about it is that, especially with this superwoman, black superwoman trope that has been around for decades, right. that we could look at someone like yourself who looks, you're a mirror image of us and right. you can still, I even hate that word strong, that term strong black woman, but you can still grieve and live yes. at the same time. And it's okay to be, look, be a sister and be vulnerable. Yes, 100%. Because we're human. We're we human. Yeah. yeah. We're human. So um, I like I said, I love everything you're doing. Thank you so much. And um, the chat loved you as well. Oh, thank you so <laughs> much for your kindness. It's just it's a pleasure. I love this conversation. I love doing stuff like this because we need more of these conversations. We do we, to normalize grief and loss. Yes, the normal. Oh, and Petra, guess what? What? You are a black girl that has her shift together. Hey! This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? With your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world Sis, celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess Heavenly order, levitate Tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic Melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together Man, these black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together